I think individual teams do a great job of solving specific pain points in their market. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I am your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you joining us again this week. On today's show, we have Alison Liu. Alison is in her fifth season with the San Francisco 49ers and second year as Director, Business Strategy and Analytics. Previously, she served as both a manager and senior manager in the Business Strategy and Analytics, or BSA, department. And in her current role, Alison works on projects that include food and beverage strategy, technology and innovation, ticketing sales and analytics, and 49ers-affiliated businesses. Alison also works for Elevate Sports Ventures, a leading sports consultancy, helping to launch and hone sales and business strategies for clients across various global sports teams and leagues. We've previously had Moon Javade from the BSA team uh, at the San Francisco 49ers on the show, so if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to hit pause right now, go back, have a listen to that one, and then continue uh, with the discussion here with Alison today. They're doing some really exciting and innovative stuff in the world of pro sports, and it's great to have Alison back on to update us on some of their initiatives. Alison Liu, Director of Business Strategy and Analytics at the San Francisco 49ers and Elevate Sports Ventures. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you for having me. So you're in the Business Strategy and Analytics team, and we previously had Moon uh, Javade from, from the 49ers from Elevate Sports Ventures leading that team, talking about how you're working with uh, data and analytics to improve all elements of the experience for the fan and just generally for the organization of the 49ers, what are some of the kind of problems that you're working on at the moment or, or improvements that you're making? And maybe before you list what they are, how do you even identify what needs to be fixed or improved out there? Yeah. Um, so I'm going Moon walk through our sort of like four main strategic pillars that we, that we sort of categorize the work that we do at BSA around. Um, the first one is um, managing our partners, and so um, those relationships with Levy and and Fanatics, who are our third-party concessionaires. And one of our huge initiatives under that umbrella is the member-inclusive menu for this year. Um, and so we, we can get into more detail about that in uh, later on. The second one is around fan feedback, and so surveys and the fan experience around Levi Stadium that was pretty much born. Um, you know, we collaborated with a lot of other departments around our team, but uh, our BSA team runs fan feedback, and we proposed 
certain um, changes to the fan experience based off of the fan feedback that we're hearing after every game. The, sec the third one is um, efficient sales. And so CRMs, it's in our department, we provide data and insights on effective sales campaigns and ROI for um, fan engagement and also you know, season tickets, single game tickets, suite tickets, et cetera. And then the, the, the fourth one is very large and nebulous. We call it growing the brand. And it's uh, essentially everything that falls outside of our stadium on a typical game day. So everything outside concessions, retail tickets, um, Elevate is under that bucket, Leeds United, um, the English Premier Team and our partnership with them is, is just there as well. Projects like Horizon Summit, where we uh, put on a business strategy and analytics conference that's specific to the sports industry, also falls under that umbrella. So our BSA team definitely works on a large breadth of projects and depending on you know what day it is, it might be very different. Um, and each of us have our specialties across those four areas. Great. So I would I would say it's with whatever focus you're on that kind of directs within those four pillars. That's what you're working on. How do you? Yeah. I mean, the obvious one for fan experience is surveys. It's just shock horror asking your fans what can you do better, what do you like. That would be a pretty easy way to indicate what needs improvement. Um, does that is that where most of it comes from in, in terms of ideas for innovations and, and what what gets better? Yeah, I would say a lot of it is driven by our fan feedback. So, for example, our member inclusive menu that we rolled out this year um, was driven by the two main points of feedback that we consistently received through the years. The first one was um, the food and beverage experience at the stadium. And then the second was, um, you know, providing more value to season ticket members and showing season ticket members that they are important and they are getting what they're paying for for their, their tickets. And so we came up with the member inclusive menu. Um, that program is for those who don't know are, is um, the, the fact that season ticket members at our stadium get basic food and beverage items as a part of their season ticket member package. And all they have to do is either show their, their member badge in their phone or a scan using the app. And it recognizes that they're a season ticket member and they get that uh, transaction for as a part of their season ticket member package. So that, for example, was an initiative that was born out of the fact that people kept telling us that they would like us to improve the food and beverage program at Levi Stadium. And then also they feel like they, they, they want more of a differentiated experience from the person who might be sitting next to them that bought their ticket on the secondary market. Yeah, so that, that element of loyalty, um, rewards, you know, feeling right. feeling like you are as a as a season ticket holder, you know, you're the most important fan out there. Right. Yeah. And you think it's uh, you know, we, we give them special experiences, special access and everything, but like what can we do on game day to make them feel really special and have them um, have a have a better value ticket to the game. And was that was the idea to have that inclusive um, menu, did that come from a fan suggestion or was that looking to I guess other industries or other stadiums or other sources of inspiration. Yeah, um, I think the we've we've been uh, I think the execs and our team have been thinking about some sort of concept like this for a while, um, and we for the member inclusive menu and designing it, we took inspiration from like all inclusive resorts or other 
um, other industries outside of sports. Um, like for example, we also saw that I think it was AMC. They started selling movie passes with food included, and food as being really a, a differentiator in terms of um, guest experience. And so we took that sort of ideas that existed outside the industry, um, and for for the most part also sort of existed inside our stadium too right but it, it only in like very exclusive and premium areas and mm-hmm. we tried to come up with a program that um, is accessible to all season ticket holders yeah it's it's something that i'm um, reflecting on what it looks like in sports and then you look at other industries where it is the fan experience or the customer experience you push that out you even think about airlines that are starting to come back um after the pandemic and they're having to understand well what are our customers really um, paying us for obviously it's getting from a to b and and same as a sports fan it's obviously watching the product that's on the field for your example of amc or the movies it's watching the movie that is the core thing but what outside of that around that actually adds to the experience part of it because otherwise you would just sit at home and watch it on tv um in terms of yeah, what sure. that is, what actually draws people in the stadium and, and how can you get them in that? Right, yeah. And also coming from our fan feedback on our surveys, we see that a huge driver of fan satisfaction is the food and beverage program. And so like if you were to pick something out of their entire fan experience from like arrival to skin to scanning their tickets to security, food to the in-game entertainment during halftime, like out of all of those things, food is definitely the number one. And so we wanted to focus a lot of intention and resources to that experience. Yeah. So I guess that goes to the to the question earlier about how do you how do you choose which problems to solve? And that'd be the top exactly. of it, is basically that's the biggest one that fans want. Um, which is 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 fairly obvious as well. I mean, um, everyone's happier with um, food and drink in them, uh, being wine and dine, but how does how does I mean, and also I say fairly obvious now, but that's that's not how you should run it. You should based off the data and 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 what fans are telling you. How does data and technology come into this? Yeah, there there are so many different components. Um, I mean, the first one is basically like what should be on the menu, right? Like what should we actually provide to the fans? Um, because we can't necessarily give away everything, um, but we wanted to make sure that the items that were uh, that we provide, people actually did order. And so we looked at historical order information and baskets and made sure that at least um, the majority of the items, like the hot dogs, chicken tenders, fries, that the most popular items were included into the menu. Um, so menu design is one of them. And then also in terms of like, like how long does it take to build an actual item? Like should those items that um, might take a little bit of time be included on the menu. And so we we timed like all of our cooking capacity and made sure that we had the right, we upgraded the, the back of house cooking equipment first to make sure that we had the adequate infrastructure to be able to satisfy the higher levels of demand. Um, and then, you know, even trying to predict the levels of demand, we had to go back through all of our concessions data and see like, okay, how much, uh, how much, how many more, you know, hot dogs, how many more sets of fries are we going to have to make for everyone? Um, so that's sort of like back of house. And then front of house, uh, the big issue was like how we're going to tell who is a season ticket member who who gets this benefit versus who is not. Um, you know, when there are 30,000 people in the general concessions area, it's it can be very tricky. And so we partnered with Venue Next um for our point of sale system to that in, and they integrate into our ticketing system to automatically 
um, understand who is a season ticket member and you know when they check out their items go to zero um, versus you know who is not a season ticket member and they can still pay through the app and everything um, I think they a, a, a big initiative of, of that we were rolling out this year is also like contactless payments as well right to try to streamline this a little bit faster so that someone's not counting out change because we know that this the demand and the number of people making transactions is going to be um, so much higher and was that data drawn for understanding how much of certain things are ordered and when it's ordered was that primarily pos point of sale data that came through or was it something from your back end back of house kitchen um systems um it is mostly the pos data yeah um and i think we, you know we want to get smarter about the supply in the back as well and like understanding when we're, we're running low on hot dogs before we actually do run out um that's definitely part of our roadmap in terms of um, improving our operational efficiency as well yeah and what's um i mean what's the what's the biggest challenge being once it's actually operational because you can you can think of a thousand and one things and then um once it actually um as they say the rubber hits the road on game day um with a lot of hungry fans what's been the biggest challenge and how have you overcome that sorry can you repeat that question one more time i think you were breaking up just a little bit um i'll just make a note of the time we'll set that out uh what what's been the biggest challenge once it's been implemented on game day so once you actually have yeah. thousands of tens of thousands of, uh, of hungry fans what's actually been the biggest challenge and how have you overcome that um let's see we've we've hit different challenges every game which is which is what has made it a little bit hard and and seeing as we had like you know no real roadmap to follow um it's it's been interesting like you know what comes up every game i think at first the the challenge was um just the new sort of ordering process for our season ticket members because they're used to just you know walking up ordering and then leaving right that's a very simple process we now had to add the this added element of the app to be able to tell who's a season ticket member and who's not and then you complete your transaction on the phone um and so i think the hardest part probably at first was the fan education and um, making sure that everyone knew what the what the right process is. Um, I think as you'll as you talk to other people in the industry, especially at this time of of uh, I guess this, this time in general, um, staffing is also a little bit hard, and so that yeah. that's that, that's been the tricky part um, that all of us have had to deal with. And it's unfortunate when like everything else might be working, but there's just like maybe not enough people to fulfill some of the orders. Um, but other than that, though, I think, um, you know, we, we, have, we have small things that we try to fix every single every single time. Um, we've, for example, added line busters who take orders ahead of time to try to get more people through the line. Um, we've added additional signage to help people and remind people that, you know, they should have their app open before they go into the stands, et cetera. And so with every game, um we've definitely improved and we've seen it's it's actually been quite uh quite satisfying to see that in our actual fan feedback surveys um our satisfaction has been increasing and like the number of transactions also has been increasing too so every little change that we're making game to game has been effective 
It's interesting you made the point around um, staffing and then that's one of those things that uh, all the tech goes right, all the analytics goes right, and then at the end of the day, that's just an issue that um, the, the industry in terms of sports, live entertainment, and then adjacent in terms of um, hospitality is facing uh, everywhere, uh, especially in the US. Um, There's an event recently in the athletic director of University of Texas at Austin, um, Chris Del Conte, said that they had a 1,000 people not turn up for their first day, for their first game. So they have 100,000 fans coming to um, to the stadium here in Austin. And then I think something out of their, their casual workforce of 5,000 people or so, over 1,000 didn't turn up. So obviously that's... That's uh, that's quite a quite a difficult issue to to deal with. Um, following on from from that point around set fan satisfaction increasing, um, transactions increasing. Have you also seen an uptick in transactions outside of this? Obviously, it's inclusive for the members, but then is that making people because um, it doesn't include alcohol? I'm right in assuming it's it's food and and non-alcoholic beverages. Is is that then driving more transactions people are you know picking up something else with that maybe getting an alcoholic beverage or or something with that that's um happening because they're actually getting these these core items that they would get um anyway and then they have more discretionary budget for things like that right yeah i think we we definitely are seeing that um we're also looking into patterns of like do people who order from kiosks versus a cashier, do they add more items into their basket? And in general, we are seeing that trend. Um, yeah, and I think that uh, they're, in general, most people will, will order something that might not necessarily be included in the member-inclusive menu. Yeah, which um, which is great to hear that, that that's, I guess, the fans, um, the, what some teams may be hesitant about doing is, well, if I do this, then I'm, I'm going to lose all these um, food and beverage sales. We go, well, actually, you offset right. it because people are people having a better experience in general. They're probably going to stick around the stadium longer. You might find it um, increasing in other areas, whether that's on food and beverage spend or, you know, they're, they're going to come to more games, all that kind of stuff. They're going to buy more merchandise. It kind of has this, um, this, this positive net effect. Um, for that individual fan. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, the people that resell their tickets or buy on the secondary market also are also still contributing to that concessions revenue, right? So it's not just like, you know, free food for everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's not a free for all. And also maybe some of those people that are buying on the secondary market will go, well, actually, maybe I want to get season tickets this time as well after seeing what that experience is like. Um, yeah, so that's that. That's a fantastic example of of applying that layer of analytics into understanding your fan in a deep way, and then putting something meaningful behind it um, for the 49ers. And that's also something that you do uh, with this the the new venture, relatively new venture, uh, Elevate Sports Venture. So it was formed in 2018 in partnership between San Francisco 49ers and Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment which is obviously the Philadelphia 76ers and the New, De- New Jersey Devils, amongst mm-hmm. other brands in sports and entertainment. So how does that work in terms of consulting to other professional teams that are on-field competitors 
Yeah. How does that work? Because I, I think if you said that to anyone in the human performance space, they'd say you're absolutely mad. I'm not sending anyone yeah. from my team to give away my my secrets to the opposition. How does it work then off the field in terms of that that strategy analytics um, consulting piece? Yeah, I think um, the great part about working for the business side of the sports team is, as I've heard, I'm sure you've heard also from your other guests on the podcast, is the camaraderie and the willingness to share about what's working for our team. Um, so with the member inclusive menu specifically, for example, um, you know, a lot of teams have reached out to us to ask, you know, how does it work? And we are, we're always willing to jump on the phone with them to talk through like what, um, what were, what are the things that worked? What are the things that didn't work? And, you know, how are we, how are we trying to try to improve for the future? It's then up to them to decide whether or not they want to execute it in their team, right? Um, so I, I definitely don't see, I, I, I can definitely see why, like, like on the performance side, it, it, there's a conflict, but I think on the business side, um, you know, every team that I worked out, that I've reached out to to ask, to ask a certain question has always been really, really helpful in terms of finding um, data or willing to share, like, what their experiences have been. Yeah. And, and so what do you work with, um, with clients i mean are, are there any clients you can list in terms of other teams you're working with or yeah. maybe the types of projects that you you're doing for them yeah so um uh it's definitely a wide range and that's what i love about working with elevate because i think the nature of the work from on the 49er side when you're inside the team is more is more like maybe project management or making sure that things are happening for every game and making sure your team has what they need to, to reach certain deadlines. Whereas I think the work at Elevate is more helping them to solve problems that, you know, they haven't, they, 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 they need an extra resource for and they need um, uh, additional guidance from. And we're able to pull from, from all, of the, all of our Elevate clients to get them the information and the data that they need. And uh, I, I just love also like the, the wide range of, of projects that we're working with. So like for me, for me specifically, um, for example, I'm working with the St. Louis MLS uh, MLS expansion team, which like you know wasn't even a team in two years ago, and then also the Seattle Sounders, which has one of the best um, established season ticket member bases. And the types of projects that we're working on with them have to do with you know high level driving revenue, but the way in which we approach driving revenue at each of those teams is just so different. And that's what I really um, have found. Um, exciting to to work um, those projects to work on this project with Elevate. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can imagine they've got some very different needs across right. established versus expansion. Um, and where do you look for best practice? So when you're looking at, and, and we kind of covered on a little bit before when you used the example of looking at you know all inclusive resorts, where else that is, and. Um, that's something that, again, sorry, I keep coming back to Christelle Conte, the athletics director at UT, but he mentioned um, looking at Disney as an inspiration for um, how fans come to Austin, go to the game, but it's about, all right, Disneyland, it's got the, the whole encompassing experience. What are sources for, for you for inspiration for going, what's best in class, what are the best practices out there um, and then translating that to also elevate sports um, venture clients as well as within the 49ers. Right. 
Yeah, I think, um, and we, we touched on this a little bit, but we're definitely always looking at um, who is doing best in class um, activations or fan experiences um, outside of the industry. So like, for example, the hospitality industry is a big one, as you mentioned, Disney. Um, they're, they're very good at what they do. And, you know, we've been looking for them um, as well for some of the aspects of member-inclusive menu, like does it make sense to maybe have like a Disney fast pass band when it comes to checking whether or not someone is a season ticket member? So um, yeah, that's definitely a big source of inspiration for us. I think um, individual teams though, also do a great job of, of solving specific pain points in their market. And, and so therefore, you know, you can take the, their best practices and try to tailor it to what might work for the 49ers. So for example, um, when our team was working on trying to launch a supporters group program with our, with our, with our fan marketing group, um, we looked at a lot of research on what some of the um, English Premier League teams were doing because, you know, they have a international supporters fan groups that are engaged across multiple different countries, right? So like, so even though that doesn't necessarily exist for the U.S. team, we can try to build off of what, um, you know, the EPL teams have already sort of tried and what has worked for them. Um, same goes for like ticketing examples as well. Um, I, full disclosure, I used to work with the Magic, but I think they have one of the best like flexible ticketing programs where the fans can return their tickets and, um, and use that value towards something else, whether that's retail or food and beverage or a ticket upgrade. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of teams can take, take away those types of ticketing models to implement for their own, their own sources um, in their own context. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting you, you made the point about the local market and what fits for those pain points. Um, right. Which is, yeah, which is something that uh, is, is unique to each city, each region, but also then looking further afield into international sports. So um, something like, as you said, the Premier League uh, have truly global fan bases. How do you, how do you engage with um, your fan base in your, your particular location, you know, Tottenham in say North London or whatever it is. Um, and then, exactly. and then the, the, the Tottenham supporter group in Indonesia, how are you, what strategies are you doing there to make sure that they're connected and that they're also, um, helping drive revenue as well in, in, in a way that they're never going to be able to get to Hotspur Stadium. Um, so how do you make sure they have a great fan experience and then also um, drive revenue from that? And out, out of all this, and, and obviously the, um, the, the business strategy analytics, the BSA team are kind of pushing forwards with these initiatives. Um, what's your, I don't know if you can share with it publicly, but what's your kind of like pie in the sky? Like what's the next, like, might be lower down on the to-do list because it's a little bit out there, but like, what is the, what is the thing that you, either you personally would love to see and work on mm -hmm. or as a team, you're going, all right, we're going to, we're going to tackle this just ridiculous kind of moonshot. Oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, Cause I feel like it changes too. Like every day just based off of uh, what our priorities are. I think there's always, there's always work to be done in improving the fan experience at Levi's Stadium. And so whether or not that is a frictionless sort of like entry into our stadium where like you don't have to deal with your tickets or phone or the Wi-Fi at all. It just sort of knows who you are. Um, and like you can just walk up to a 
uh, food stand and um, it'll know like, yes, this is, this is Allison and she's a season ticket member and therefore she gets these items as a part of her season ticket member package. I think like that would be an awesome experience because it's, it's things that we provide, but not just not in the most frictionless way. And I think that, um, you know, we can, uh, we've, I know Moon really likes to look at the like ski industry for something like that, right? Like you have the Epic Pass in your pocket and like the rest of the day is just, is just yours. Um, I think we have, we have, I think our, 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 the experience in a sports stadium can get there pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's on the 49ers sort of experience side. Um, on the sort of growing the brand outside the stadium side, um, you know, I think the projects that we tackle with our Elevate clients are, are, are so different and we're always trying to bring like the, the most cutting edge technologies or member experiences to, um, you know, very different teams and um, perhaps our, you know, expanding relationship with, with leads as well will be a big one. Yeah, definitely across the pond there. Um, the frictionless point, that's something that uh, talking to people in the fan experience um, space within stadiums, uh, biometrics always comes up. Um, but then that's one of those things that that tech's great, but then the fan, you've always got to remember the fan because anyone that talks about that um, always hits up concerns around privacy and how much people are willing to give and hand over that. So it's, it's one of those things that the tech may be there, you know, and it may be ready to go and you could roll out, you know, really feasibly by next season if you're kind of through weight behind it, a fully frictionless experience but the fans aren't quite there which kind of comes back to 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 your first point around actually surveying the fans and understanding that and understand what they want and building that relationship um i think is incredibly important because unfortunately too many technology um and digital transformations fail uh because the coolness and the uniqueness of the technology overruns what the end user actually wants yeah, that's for sure. I think there there might be uh, we might have to take you know graduated steps to get there, and it, it's not uh, that immaculate experience when, that we're that we're thinking about right now. Um, but I think eventually we can definitely get there. Um, and it, yeah, the fan the fan education and the fan um, the fan feedback part is is definitely crucial to it as well. Like we're what we're seeing like on the ground with the member inclusive menu, um, we 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 as many times as you, as you send an email on like how to do things, like you need people on the ground to also help them through and have, if they have trouble with their app. And so as technologically savvy as you can get, there's always going to be that people element to it. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a great point to, um, to finish on. I'm a big fan of always bringing it back to the fan and to the person that's behind it. Um, we, yeah. with whatever we talk about and how we look to implement that. Uh, and final question for you, Alison, before we let you go is, what is your favorite sporting moment of all time? Oh, favorite sporting moment of all time. Um, I recently went, so I'm a huge Florida Gator fan because my grandpa used to teach there um, at the University of Florida for like 30 years. He used to teach mechanical engineering. And earlier this season, I went to the Florida Alabama game and um, we unfortunately lost, but I, but the, I think there is, there are very few 
atmospheres that can compare to an SEC game, um, like just the tribalness of the fans and um, the energy in the stadium. It was it was unreal. So I was we were in the stands with with all of the fans. I think there were ninety thousand people that day at Ben Hill Griffin. So it was it was awesome. So what's, what's the Gators um, Stadium called? Uh, the, the University of Florida Stadium? Yes. Um, I think it's called Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Is it, is it called this block or am I just making that up? Or is that like a missed opportunity for... Oh, gosh. Is it actually branded? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think it's branded yet. More, what more the nickname is. But anyway, that's that's I can go do my own research on that. But... Um, <laughs> that, that is great to hear. And, and for anyone uh, internationally, if you haven't been to a uh, college football game in the South of America, it is something else. It is it is truly something else. So, yeah, oh, definitely really? put it on the bucket list. Well, thanks so much, Alison, for your time uh, and for sharing kind of the updates on, on what the, the BSA team is doing and what's happening in the 49ers. And, yeah, best of luck with the, the member inclusive menu and, and all the other initiatives in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And let me know whenever you are in the Bay Area and you would like to see it in action for yourself, you're always welcome. Love to. I'll definitely take you up on that. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. There you have it. That was Alison Liu, Director of Business Strategy and Analytics at the San Francisco 49ers. Great to have her on the show. As I mentioned at the beginning, Moon Javade uh, was on uh, before talking about some of the kind of broader strategies that doing and it was great to talk to Allison about a bit more of the minutiae about how that's put together and I think the takeaway I always have with discussions with innovative teams especially in the kind of analytics strategy space is it doesn't always have to be the most ridiculous over-the-top thing that you've ever thought of that can really make an impact so uh, I mean on the face of it something like a member inclusive menu doesn't seem to really rock the world it's not up there with virtual reality or NFTs or anything else that's kind of fairly uh, buzzwordy in the world uh, of sports tech at the moment, but it's had a genuine impact and it's something that really improves that fan experience and that fan engagement and means once you have all that kind of stuff, you can then look to do the, I guess, the the kind of sexy headline grabbing things in VR, NFTs, whatever, insert kind of bleeding edge technology here. So that's something that I always come back to is really in practice, what this looks like and what technology looks like is just finding better ways of doing things. And that's really, for me, where the heart of innovation sits. So great to have Alison on the show and talking about that. As always, I've been your host, Thomas Loams. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. (laughs) 